everybody. Are you happy this morning? How wonderful it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, when I stand here, I do understand I'm standing behind a pulpit where I don't consider worthy to be standing here. It's a place that has been occupied from where great men of God have brought God's word and taught. And uh, people that I look up to, honestly, without trying to flatter, I would say I'm actually not even worthy to polish their shoes because they're great men of God. And I thank God and I'm humbled for the opportunity to stand here today to bring God's word. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me this opportunity and uh, a great friend thankful that God allowed me to cross path with Pastor Nathan and allowed me to find favor in his side and in the side of the church and your financial contributions, support, words of encouragement makes a great difference in our mission field and helps my family to be happy. We are well fed, warmed up, we live better. It's because of your financial sacrifices and giving. So we don't take it for granted. We are very much grateful uh, for your faithfulness in allowing us to make a difference in India. So thank you so very much. My wife is Grace. Lord willing, I'll show a picture this evening. And God has blessed us. We are married for six years. The Lord has blessed me and my wife with three boys. Israel is five years old. Stephen is three years old. And we have a newborn boy. He's six months old. His name is Ezra. I'm really missing my wife and my kids. But I'm looking forward to be meeting them soon on Thursday as I leave Wednesday from Australia. A great blessing to meet great friends. Pastor Nathan. I met Brother Danny. Paul, I've met them in person before, and uh, Brother Michael Devadasan and his family has been a great blessing to me, allowed me to stay with them, feeding me curry yesterday. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Would you turn your Bible with me to the book of Exodus this morning? This message came into my life when I began to struggle with my faith and began to doubt the Bible. I began to say, oh, the Bible is not God's word. It is just written by some man. And, um, you know, God is not preserving his word, but he's just preserving some of his ideas. And there are many errors because I learned Greek and Hebrew in the Bible college. I began to get 90%, 94% in my Greek and Hebrew in the Bible college. I continued to follow the footsteps of scholars and philosophers, began to attack the Bible. And just when I, before I could graduate, I was almost an atheist of the Bible. And I got out of the Bible college. But God had mercy on me. And God led me to a small little pink color booklet in the middle of many books in the library which was snicked in by an American missionary, I believe. 
God drew my eyes towards that book and I picked it up and I began to read. And the Lord began to open up new truths to me. And, and uh, I thank God that the Lord led me to believe. And then today I believe the King James Bible to be the word of God with no errors. It is perfect. It is pure. Absolutely my final authority for my faith and practice. As I was reading this chapter, Exodus chapter 1, the Lord began to bring many truths to my life comparing with the modern Bibles and the authorized version of the Bible, the King James. I will quickly take you through this chapter and show you some comparison. Verse number 7 says, And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and vexed exceeding mighty and the land and the land was filled with them father in heaven we ask your blessing O god without you and your word our faith would be so dry and we would be nowhere today we thank you for saving us we thank you for your word we pray that thou will fill us with thy holy spirit today that we may be receptive to thy word O god Lord, I pray that you will cover me behind thy cross so that Jesus Christ may be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. But then when you read verse number 7, there was an old king who had actually under the rule of the old king, the people of Israel were multiplying and they, and there was great blessing there was great prosperity under the rule of the old king because the old king knew the people of Israel and he is the one who gave them the land and he said do whatever you want with your people and we understand the people of Israel were strong and they multiplied and they were prosperous under the rule of the old king and when the old king died, comes the new king now. And, and I, I look at this scripture and I say, that's what happened when the new King James versions and the new versions came, came into the pews and in the hands of innocent Christians. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. The old king knew Joseph. The old king knew the people of Israel, but the new king did not know Joseph. And that's what happens in the modern versions today. Verses picked out and thrown out, words being changed doctrinally. And it actually affects our faith. We need the Bible. The Bible's the, when we read the book of James, the Bible says it's the mirror. It when you see, you see yourself. It tells your real condition. Modern Bibles don't tell us the real things because they do not know us. They do not know God. And so, we don't see revival anymore. When the King James came out and it was published, we see revival broke out all over England and all over America and Scotland. And it is from England we had um, uh, British missionaries coming to India after the publication of the King James Bible. William Carey came to India and we see today northern part of India were converted and people came to know Christ. English education came to India through William Carey. 
many social evils were abolished through William Carey when he brought the King James Bible to India and he learned and mastered 17 languages in India and he translated the Bibles into 17 languages of India and Pakistan. And people began to get saved, churches began to be planted and, and, and the life, the people's lives were getting civilized. Revivals broke out. Verse number seven, and the children of Israel were fruitful. That's what the word of God brings in our life. It makes us fruitful. It changes our life. It makes us more like Jesus Christ because it's a lamb unto our feet and a lamp and a light unto our path. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. That's what the word of God does. It strengthens you. It comforts you. It gives you courage and boners in the midst of atrocities that is surrounding our lives. In India, when persecutions are often knocking at our doors, we have followed what the Bible says, Lord, grant unto thy servant boners that we may preach thy word. Behold, they are threatening. Verse number 10, verse number 9, the Bible says, And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when they followed out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. What the new king wanted to do is he, he saw the terror, the danger that the old kings, the people of Israel under the rule of the old king uh, could do. The people under the rule of the old king became stronger and they multiplied and they waxed exceedingly. And they became a terror to the new king now. And they were afraid, oh, these people are going to overpower us. And so he said, let's go and get them. Let them let us get them out. And that's what we see today in the Bible, in the modern Bibles. They go and get the word of God out of the word of God. If you study the Bible, you know 16 verses straight from the not inspired version, NIV, is taken out of the Bible. Acts chapter 8, verse number 37. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 11. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 21. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 7. Words taken out because those are the words, those are the verses that will transform your life. As a Catholic, I was sprinkled, I was baptized as a child, not knowing anything about Christ or salvation. Because in the Catholic Bible, Acts chapter 8, verse number 37, is found missing. So you don't have to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved and then get baptized as an obedience. And so when you take off verse number 37 from Acts chapter 8, you don't have a standard. And that's why children are being baptized or anybody who do not know Christ is baptized. But the word of God says, if thou believers, then thou mayest. And the eunuch said, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then the Bible says, then they went down and, they bapt and he baptized them. But the modern Bible takes out the words and the verses, 
as the Bible says, come, let us deal wisely. Let's use our Greek and Hebrews. Let's continue to criticize the word of God. Lest they multiplied and it come to pass that when they followed out anymore, they joined also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get up out of the land. Their way of dealing is deceptions and counterfeit. They take out doctrinal truths from the word of God. Verse number 11 says, Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they build upon Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramesses. Today we have taskmasters in the Bible colleges. The Bible says these, the Bible says uh, hell, but the, the Greek says this, but the original says this, but the Hebrew says this. And so there is no more hell in the modern Bibles than Hades. If you go out on the street and say, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you will die and go to hell. And a sinner who listens to these may get convicted and may get sad or mad or, or get glad. Because he understands God puts three things in the heart of every individual when he comes into this world. That he knows that there is a God and there is heaven and there is hell. Every uneducated, illiterate sinner knows that there is a hell. But when you take out the word hell and put haters over there, it's like, you know what, if you don't believe in Jesus, you might end up in haters. Oh, where is it? Is it in Australia? I'd like to go. Sounds good, haters. But nobody wants to go to hell. And if you want to escape hell, then there is only one way, by grace through faith. And that is by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of your sin, turning away. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to change of direction and a change of action. But today we have people dealing wisely hurting the churches, hurting Christians. No wonder why churches are becoming dry today. No wonder why sin creeps in churches and becomes lukewarm today. No wonder why Christians are no more passionate today when there is no truth. Then you've come under bondage of the world. What the world has got to do with you is it will entice you, it will afflict you, it will bind you. With lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But what Christ does is, with his word, he brings a lamb to thy feet and a light unto our path. And Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free, but make you free. Set you free means, I, you know, I just leave you, I, I, you're free, just go by, you know, do whatever you want. But make you free, he creates you and he fashions you and he holds you in his hand. He makes you free. He shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But, but And why? It's, it's a big business, modern Bibles. It's a big business today. I was doing a study about it and it says...
several times the word the, from the New King James Version, the word Lord is removed 66 times, the word God removed 51 times, the word heaven removed 50 times, the word repent removed 44 times, the blood removed 23 times, the word hell removed 22 times, the word Jehovah removed entirely from the modern Bible, the New King James Version. In fact, Rupert Murdoch owns the New King James Version. And he owns the pornography company. That should actually make like, I don't want anything to do with new versions. I'm thankful to God's word. Because that gives us power where the word of the king is. There is power. Verse number 12 says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. When you read the study and when you read and study the history of the King James Bible, you find it's it's purified seven times. It went through fire, it went through fiery judgment and test. People tried to burn the Bibles, but they could not destroy the Bible. New versions did their best to afflict the people of old King James. The very reason why the modern Bibles came, it's not to make things easier for you and for me, but as a competition against the Word of God. Because it makes them feel comfortable in their sins and life. did their best to afflict the people of the old king, but the people of the old king only multiplied more because they were faithful. Persecution will be, bring purification and true growth in our life. You hold on to the word of God. And praise God for the testimony of this church that stands as a beacon, a lifeline, holding forth the word of God. Amen. Verse number 13 says, And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. That's what they want to do. They try to say, Ah, oh, you're old-fashioned. They'll try to mock and bring bondages. Verse number 14 says, And they made their lives bitter and hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Today you go to most of the, um, most of the Christian bookstores, you hardly find, at least in India, you hardly find King James Bibles. It's not that they are sold off. <laughs> it's just that they don't, they don't want to get the truth to the world. Because truth will bring freedom. Satan is not against Christianity. <laughs> Satan is actually against the truth. And he does not come with 100% lies. He comes with 95% truth. And so I do believe that there are many truths in the modern Bibles. But 
then he uses those five percent of poison to manipulate you, distraught and hurt and criticize. That's why Jesus never said, if you become a Christian, you will be loved. He said, if you wish to be made disciples of the Christ, then follow me. Disciples, a consistent Christian walk with Verse number 15, the Bible says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sifra, and the name of the other Puah. Can I tell you something? What the modern Bible does? The modern Bible gives freedom. Now, every Bible-believing pastor, every Bible-believing teacher, every Bible-believing church that holds on to the King James Bible, we love our ladies. We love our mothers. We love wives, we love our daughters, we love our sisters, we esteem them highly, we honor them, but then we also believe in the orders that God has given. And God says, I created woman not because she cannot do what you can do, I created her because she can do what you cannot do. So the ladies, you're not some here, you're actually are called to do what we cannot do. There won't be great pastors in the world if there were not great mothers in the world. We thank God for our mothers. We thank God for our wives. We, we thank God for our sisters. But what the modern Bible does is, it brings women into leadership. It puts women behind the pulpit to preach and teach, which is actually against God's word. Look what the new king does. Verse number 15, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sifra, and the uh, name of the other Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwives to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. That's what they want to do. They want to destroy the orders that God has given to the body of Christ. They want to destroy the principles that God has set for the church. Let's make men effeminate. Let's take them away from leadership. And let's do it our ways. And let's cause rebellion. Godly women do. Verse number 17. But the midwives feared God. Amen. The midwives feared God. Why? They were Hebrew women. They knew God. They have seen under the old king the, the joy and the prosperity and the strength and the courage and how they waxed strong and they multiplied exceedingly. They had seen God blessing their lives. And now when Satan comes and puts some poisonous through uh, lies in their mind, they say, no, we fear God. The fear of men bringeth a snare, but they that fear of the Lord shall be blessed. Proverbs 29, 24. 
but the but the midwives feared God. I love that. That's what our godly women do. They fear God and say, you know what? I know I can preach better than my husband, but I will not do it. I'm going to be obedient to God. I'm going to be obedient to God. They feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them. Egypt is a picture of sin. But saved the man children alive. That's what godly women do. They raise up men, boys to become men of God. Teaching them the truth. Not some sissy, some not some epithelite. But raising boys to become men of God. They saved the man children The king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwife said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. The Hebrew women are women who enjoyed God under the old king. But the Egyptian woman, and Egypt is a picture of sin, and they follow the new king. But they understand the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. Why? For they are lively. What brings liveliness in a Christian life is not the color of a carpet. But the preaching and teaching and reading and studying of the word of God. That's what freshens our life. That's what makes us lively. That's what gives us great joy and peace and comfort in our lives. Comfort ye one another with these words, the Bible says. And finishing soon, the Bible says, For they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Before the midwives, before these midwives would come, the Egyptian women, they are strong. They bring out the children. Look at verse number 20. What God does for obeying God. For being in submission to the word of God. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and waxed very mightily. God will give you strength. God will bless you. If you stand upon the word of God. Verse number 21, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. God will build attachments. He builds houses. God will put an edge of protection around his children for obeying his word. Can I tell you something, dear friends? I am not at all the most famous preacher in India. A lot of people do not know me. Billions of people. There are great famous preachers in India. Charismatics, extremely famous, they sit with big, big dignitaries. But there is a website which is controlled by the extremist Hindu, Hindu groups of India, which keeps an eye 
against Christmas. And if you go to that website, there is no names or pictures of a famous preacher on there. But you'll see my name there with my picture on the website of an extremist Hindu group of the RSS, which is causing hurts to the body of Christ. But you know what? God has put an edge of protection around me. And we continue to walk, we continue to go on the street, we continue to pass out gospel tracts, we continue to preach the word of God, and nobody can touch us. And if anybody has to do anything to me, it will only because God has allowed it. And if God allows this, then that is for the glory of God. It's no longer I will live, it's Christ who liveth in me. And the life that now I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what God does. He puts an edge of protection around us. And no one can touch you and me. Until and unless God says, it's time, son. Holy, holy, the word of God. This book changed my life, dear friends. This book brought great powers in my life. People say, you are in India, you don't know English, how do you? A man from England said, you know, I, I read an ivy, and how come you? And I took them to my slum children, and my slum children quote scriptures from the King James Bible. You don't need an easy Bible, you need a true Bible. Hallelujah. Amen, thank you.